Well, hello everyone. I'm your host, Cindy Ketzel. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nine to Thrive HR. In this podcast, we team up with experts to bring you the best in HR, talent management, and business strategy. And of course, as you hear every month, we would love to hear from you. If you do have ideas for specific topics or a guest, shoot us an email to podcasts at hci.org. So you all, I'm so excited. Just about a year ago, we had the great pleasure to talk with Lena Tonk with iSolved. And we are so fortunate to have her back. The conversation was lovely. We got to talk a lot about employee experience and branding and rather marketing and working with HR and the collaboration for employee experience and working with customers and learned so much from that conversation. And I kind of jokingly had said, Lena, come back and fill us in in a year. Well, wouldn't you know it's been about a year. So here we are almost a year later, and I want to introduce you again in case you uh, don't recall that previous interview. So let me tell you a little bit about Lena. Since we last spoken, she is in a new role, which is super exciting. She is now the Chief Marketing Officer at iSolved. If you are not familiar, iSolved is a leader in employee experience software and services. And with this change to role, Lena is responsible for driving sizable, strategic, and sustainable growth for brand and demand. She thinks with an enterprise-wide mindset and builds and brands high-performing customer and channel marketing programs that accelerate bookings and brand recognition, augment the customer and partner experience for greater advocacy and retention, which I know is what we're all looking for these days, and the ability to remain agile, to adapt to changing market conditions and data learnings. The other thing we talked about, and I know Lena is still involved in currently, is her involvement with Chief, which is a network of women in executive leadership. And so Lena is still involved with Chief and takes every opportunity to empower those around her while she never stops learning herself. Lena Tonk, welcome back. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be back. I really cannot believe it's been a year. It doesn't even seem real. It does not even seem real. Oddly, I had listed for my listeners, I had put a reminder in my calendar. I think it was in April. I'd put a whole week of Lena Tonk. Like, don't forget to reach out to Lena. And wouldn't you know, Amberly, the lovely Amberly from iSolved, got to me before I got to them. So we were so excited to have you back. But Lena, Tell us about your transition. So you are in a new role since the last we spoke from a senior leadership role to now into the C-suite. So tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, it's been an exciting one, a very, very exciting one. I think a year ago when we spoke, I had kind of, I had been maybe a few months, six months into my SVP role, which uh, was a short time uh, of a role, but a very exciting one, which 
gave me kind of the next step to CMO, but it's been an exciting time at ISOL. There continues to be a lot of like the vibrancy of the team here, the brand, and to be able to be part of it. But um, I think the biggest thing I always tell people about this new role is how excited I have been to see others be inspired by it. So, so many women within the chief group, within iSolved, that reach out to me and the support that I received, I don't think it was a surprise. I just didn't expect it to be so empowering to them. Uh, So that's probably been the biggest gift of it all. Wow. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. And one of the things, Lena, that I think we both, when we spoke last time, we could tell just from our conversation, we're both passionate about developing people. And so, you know, to kind of go along with that theme and because what you're doing with others, for others, collaborating with others and working with your customers, working with the employees, working with your teams, as you mentioned the word inspiring, I'm curious about your own development. So tell us, and I I think this will be a highlight for those that know and love you too, what has changed during this transition for you? And maybe even what's something that you're particularly proud of that you've been working on? So it's a complete role change. I think when I made the change from VP to SVP, it had a lot of similarities into what I was doing. But, you know, arriving into, I think, the C-suite, it's a completely different ballgame. And and kind of what I was saying is the empowerment that you have to inspire others. Uh, You know, for years, I think when I was growing my career in the early years, it was all about like the destination and not the journey. And now that you kind of look back a little bit when you arrive into a C-suite, I'm like, if I could tell my younger self something, I would say, enjoy the journey, feel the journey, because the destination will eventually be there. So I think it does change. It's a a big role change in the most wonderful way, because you are, you know, you are impacting people, empowering people. Um, Within our C-suite, we have, um, so it's me and two other women, and all of them, we have a group of nine, including a CEO who was incredibly supportive of the promotion. So I think being as embraced as I was from the company perspective was great, but feeling how my now peers in the executive team kind of welcomed me in was so, so very special to me. And they guided me through. I felt I always go back and think like my first, I'm a brand new executive. So my first quarter was all about learning and just taking it all in. And they were all so unbelievable to me. So it's been, it's been a great experience, but if I had to say what has fully changed and I'll go so tactical on this is the fact that your day-to-day changes quite a bit. Like one of the things that I had to really, really change when I went into that SVP role was like, get out of the day-to-day, get out of the day-to-day so that you can, it's so hard because you kind of put yourself back in so many different times. 
Yeah. Um, you know, my first border, I, I can tell you, I didn't. I feel like I couldn't because I had to look through the team, see what changes I needed to make or, you know, what creativity I have ahead for the things that we're doing. But now I feel like I've pulled myself out of the day-to-day. And the more I do that, the better I am at what I'm doing today. So that's a big, big change. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge change. And I I mean, you know, so this is now your third change, right? In just under two years. Would that be accurate? So, second one. So I was a VP for a couple of years, almost five years in an SVP, but SVP was about eight months. So it's a really fast change. <laughs> yeah, really fast change. But I really love that you mentioned, and I think you know, I struggle with this myself and I'm sure there's a lot of other folks that struggle with that, but I love that you hit, well, two things that I love that you hit on one, the support of the other C-suite group in making sure that you're successful, right? Like we want people to be successful. And so it's awesome to see your team basically rallying around you um, to stand you up for success. But the other piece that I think a lot of us, especially our community can relate to is digging yourself out of those day to day because, oh, you have to let go of it. (laughs) You have to let go. But but you're probably, I, you know, just from knowing you these few times we've had a chance to chat, I I suspect you said the very beginning of the conversation, you're also seeing how people are inspired. New people are taking those helms, right? New people are taking the lead on some of those things. So that has to have been exciting to see that transition. Beyond that, and I think that gives you so much purpose. It's I think the one of the things I'm most proud of is probably my team, the way they rise to the occasion is the way I always like describe it. Some of them, I had not seen them through a complete different lens because they just took on uh, either new things or their new roles. And the support they gave me along the way was absolutely overwhelming. But as I was doing that, I realized I'm like, Look, you don't need to know it all day to day. They're doing a great job. Trust them. Put the yes. trust in them. Yes. And I think that's when the magic <laughs> that's when the magic happens. And I held my breath a little bit when you said that because you know, I think it's challenging for us as human beings. Yes, I think we're all, especially as we grow our careers, even women are more than men on this, is we say women have to arrive to table a lot more prepared than men are. And there's lots of data and statistics that show us that. So I think as we grew our careers, at least for me, that's how I did it. You know, I have to know double the data, double the things. And then I realized that Yeah, sometimes in your career, maybe you have to do it. But as you continue to grow and put trust in the people around you and the ones that report to you and to see them grow. Like, I mean, you just mentioned Amberly. Amberly grew tremendously in the last couple of quarters. And she was just recently promoted. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I think I actually I do think I saw that because I think I follow her on LinkedIn as well. It's an exciting time to see that grow. And we're going to get to more of the exciting time that's happening at iSolve that I can't wait to dig into. But before we do that, so here's the question that I think people sometimes like to shy away from because we want to be seen as infallible. We want to be seen as 
we've got it all together. We've got it under control. Like everything's together. But here is my question, because I think this is the reality. What do you think has been a skill or maybe even strategy wise, I guess you could come from either perspective as you think about this change to your day to day um, that you are now kind of on your own roadmap, your own pathway that you're thinking, wow, this is an area I do want to improve on in order for me to continue to thrive. Do you have anything that you're now looking back on that maybe before wasn't something that stood out to you? So I've been speaking about this actually um, just recently. We talked about this. So it's funny you ask that because for years I've been saying, never stop learning. You know, I'll be all wrinkly <laughs> and we'll be learning, reading, whatever I can learn. But I was saying it, but I was not leaving that in my own life day to day. And I think as I changed the role, I think that was the number one thing in that quarter at the beginning of that quarter is how it was the number one priority. I realized that I spoke of it, but I wasn't living it day to day. And it happened with my own peer executives because when they gave me that support, I realized that I had so much to learn from what could be just routine items, but I just needed to learn it. And it's that I think is the learning next to being humble. So there's so much we learn every day in our careers and with our journey and as we grow into these roles. But if you're humble about the things that you're learning, I think you can create more of a shakeup of or a difference. So I think I spend a lot of time pushing myself on, okay, I've learned that, but don't stop learning. And I have to remind this in myself all the time. It's crazy how I talk about it, but I preach it, but like, are you actually doing it? And I have to remind myself to do that very, very often. And it's, it's not uniquely to like reading the business books or anything like that. It's what inspires you that you learn today, that you can maybe take on your team and inspire them today. So I just, I truly think I need to continue to work on that more and more because it is what gives me a lot of purpose back. So, and I'm with you. And as you're talking through this, I promise you there are probably 15 examples in the moment that I keep going, oh gosh, yep, I need to be doing that too. I need to be doing that too. Um, and I mean, just as recent as yesterday evening, having a conversation with a good friend of mine, we kind of were talking about something similar. So I love that we're so great at wanting others to develop and seeing others develop and seeing others grow that you're right. It can be our mantra. I'm a lifelong learner, but we have to actually wear it also and not just have that be a goal for us of others, right? We have to do it too. Right. Um, so, you know, my thought around that, that popped into my mind at iSolved, I know you all really, employee experience is big, and I know we talked about that the last time. Is there a value at iSolved that connects to always learning or lifelong learning or anything like that? Is there anything that you all have that connects to that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you. This is such a good question. It, it has so many layers to it because 
So we are known, I think, our brand, I have to say, I think we spoke about this last year. The last three years have been explosive for us. Um, and I think you feel it and see it in the culture of the team inside out when we're out externally. One of the things that we do, like I think our chief people officer says it this way, but it's like we drink our own champagne. So we use our, you know, the tools that we are out there, services and product that we're talking to our customers or helping them, you know, enabling them with the things that they're doing. We use them here. And I saw as just recently we released what we're calling or we launched People Heroes World. And it is part of like being part of our People Heroes community and bringing in People Heroes University. So when you speak of like learning, university does that for our customers and for ourselves. So, you know, you can find all kinds of learning within university. And we brought that together because we do it here, we use it here, and we know our customers are constantly needing it. And what's so unique about that is is that it's not just teaching within, you know, things that you're learning are not what we're just talking about. It's not just on the day-to-day -day role and the things that a manager will want someone to learn because that's all in there, but also how they can grow in their role, how they can grow in their careers and their leadership. And so I think that matches kind of perfectly to what you said. Uh, and we recently just, just released it because last time we talked, we talked about ISOF and the brand and, you know, it had been so powerful for three years. And this week um, alone has been a big week for us. Uh, we had a brand refresh that was all over, all over LinkedIn. And, and what we did is we didn't touch that pink and black because God forbid our customers, <laughs> and even internally, they'll kill me. <laughs> but it was what we did is we, we kind of married all the mission and the vision statements that we had. We listened more to our customers and they helped us shape where we needed to go with the brand. So there's not a tremendous change. It's what it is. It's actually we're maturing, we're evolving at the same pace as our customers, our partners are doing. Pretty special, I think, right really now. Really special, yeah. Well received too. And I remember feeling this from the last time we spoke is that you all really are pretty holistic when you make those decisions, you are thinking from your employee to your leaders, to your executives, to your customers, to the customer's employees, you really do think pretty holistically when you make decisions is something that I learned from you last time. So this doesn't surprise me, right, that you're listening into your customers, especially as you're going through that brand refresh. It's so awesome. And I love that. I mean, I've been fortunate The a uh, couple of for-profit organizations that I've been a part of. Learning has always been the, a value there too. And it has been so interesting to see it's a value, but what does it look like, right? What does it look like internally? So thank you for sharing a little bit more with us about that. Hey, let's talk about though, I do not want to get off this conversation without going back to the exciting road shows that I've been watching, but you mentioned about the rebrand. You just talked about it in terms of a refresh. So what really was involved with that? And I think one of the things that I understand is oftentimes 
when somebody moves into that promotion or that change into a CMO role, that oftentimes there is a complete rebrand, but that's not what you chose to do. You did do a refresh. So what is it that you all have done that maybe others can learn instead of taking that big leap to do a full rebrand? So I was part of the rebrand here at ISOL. Uh, so when we moved into pink and black, which has been, you know, it transformed everything for us. We kind of departed the competition. So analysts and media, everybody was had a buzz about it. They keep talking and like, why did ISOL go pink? Let's look at them. Let's talk to them. Let's see where they're going. But it was more, how did we get our brand to a complete customer-centric, partner-centric brand? And that's what it really became. So as I took on CMO, one of the things that you always have to be reviewing is what makes us different? You know, you have to constantly be asking yourself that. And more importantly, are you talking to your customers? Are you sitting with them in person? So when you spoke of the roadshows, that's really what we do. So last year we were... When we talk, we were about to execute 23 in the year. This year, we double it. We'll end up the year with even more than that. At the end of the year, we'll be like about 60. Just Holy this, smokes. Yes, this week alone, we have three. So we're everywhere all over the U.S. But what has been so rewarding about the roadshows is actually part of the brand too, because I sit there and talk to these customers in person. I cannot tell you how many customer comes in and says to me, I'm so excited to be here. And I'll tell them, okay, tell me what you're most excited about. And they'll say, I don't know so many things, but most importantly, I'm here with ISIL. I'm just here. And I just love being with all of you. And that is so as a CMO, I'm like, oh my God, it does not get better. Than not this. get better. But we talk to them a lot. I talk to our customers a lot. I talk to our customers every single week. And when we did the brand refresh, we had become so customer centric. That is what we wanted. So I don't know if you've seen it, but our new tagline is where people heroes grow. And we had a couple of taglines that we came up with based on their feedback. We went back to them and showed them the taglines. And when they saw where people heroes grow, 90% of their responses were, I connect with this because when I'm with ISOL, I know that I have the potential to grow. Others would say it connects with me, it resonates with me because I can grow my career with ISO. I can grow my knowledge of ISO People Cloud. I can grow the things and the possibilities that I have ahead for my company. So when we start receiving all this feedback, I'm like, holy crap. Cow, yeah. this is incredible. I know. Oh my god. So I think we became a brand so customer centric that based on their needs, uh, we can evolve, we can mature wherever they are, we will be able to meet them where they are. And I think the roadshows have done that for us is the ability to be in person, to listen to people, because we can do all the talking and but if you're not in front of people and help having them explain to you hey retention is my biggest concern right now well let's talk through it because retention can mean five different things to people 
So it was very special. We released it this week, but it really was bringing, you know, that mission and vision statement is, you know, it comes from our work being done for our customers, but it puts them, and we, I think you've heard that we call them people heroes. They actually now call themselves people heroes, and it brings them into the spotlight of the brand. Uh, had we done that, Cindy, three years ago, we were not ready for that. And so it's like we allow brands to grow and to evolve. And, and I think that's what the timing has made it so, so much better and so special. You know, it's so interesting because I did go back and listen to our previous conversation and you talked about the heroes and kind of funnily, I had said to you, you know, I can't wait to see what the new cape is, and, you know, who's, who's donning the new cape and, and it just really you all with this rebrand, you are kind of donning a new cape, right? Like this is, as you said, three to four years ago, you weren't ready. It wasn't the right time, but now you are. And so that's like the umbrella, Kate, for everyone, right? You had mentioned um, last time we spoke that HR heroes, you're the, I think you all were the sidekicks in the marketing group. Your customers are the heroes. And now you're getting to have face-to-face -face time with these heroes, right? Through this process of the rebrand, through talking to your customers. Oh my God. And I also like just the excitement, I think for me, as I've watched the road shows, which I'm going to ask you about just in a moment here, but through the excitement, even for me is I feel like I mean, you've been doing this virtually. You've been talking to people. I know that. I know you've been doing all that. But there is something special about that connection when you get to be face-to-face. -face. And I think you're sharing that. You're returning that to me. And you're talking about your customers' reactions with being part of this experience. So that is so awesome. I'm so glad you guys have been able to do that. And congratulations on the rebrand, too. Thank you. Thank you. I think after the pandemic, many marketers spoke of the, even on HR, we spoke of like, could we go back to being in person to the level that we were before? And what we found as we started our roadshows was that not only were events and in person was going to come back, for us, it came back stronger than we ever expected it to return. Uh, one of the examples that I give is that we returned to some of our markets. So we expand on market this year, new markets we never went to, but we also go back to markets that we had already been to because they actually ask us to return. And so people crave this in person, but one very special thing, and I was telling our chief product officer this week about it in person, I said to her, listen, one of the reasons the returning ones continue to return is because they see results. They see that we're listening, that we make them part of, that by what they learn, we did something for them. They wouldn't return. You know, they've asked me often. So in like, second half of the year, are you going to keep that many roaches? I'm like, we actually added a few more. So people keep showing up for us. So it's what we said here and now at ISOP, if our people here are showing up, we better be showing up for them as well. And it's very impressive. It's one of the things that I'm most proud about in the last year is the roadshows. 
It's incredible. And you're right. I think it especially has become more special given the state of the last three years to be able to make those connections and just simply hearing what your customers are saying. I mean, again, not to detract, you had been hearing, right? I know you were listening, but gosh, like just to be there face to face and recreate that. And you mentioned even being in new markets, right? And having that opportunity to probably meet a bunch of new people and spread the joy, spread spread the, spread the listening ear and the experience throughout new markets as well. That is so awesome. What As you've broken into some of these new markets and have been able to bring that roadshow to new towns across the country, can you think about some of those new markets and the responses that you're getting from them probably in that to your point earlier, wow, like you guys are here, you're listening. And as you mentioned before that return, are you hearing that more and more from some of these markets that you're newly exposed to? So there's a couple of things in there. We're seeing a lot of customers return but in the markets that we're returning, but a lot of new customers too. So the ones that didn't get to make it there they're coming in as new, but then we see the ones that return. So they're seeing the, the value both ways. I think uh, the biggest thing I'm seeing, and I just came back from one of them, and I don't stop going to them. I can't go to all of them. I wish I could. <laughs> I paused when I almost said you attending, because I'm also taking, you know, I'm being cognizant of this is probably not your day-to-day anymore. But yeah, so you do still get to travel a little bit. Okay, good. Yes. Oh my God, I don't think I could be as good in my role if I didn't. And so many of our executives do the same. You know, we all talk about it is the value that we get from attending one customer roadshow is absolutely overwhelming. And I think for marketing, for strategy, for anything that we're doing on the product and how we're driving things, we have to be there. Now, we do have an unbelievable, what we call the roadshow warrior team, the ones that are all over the country. They actually enjoy it very much. But I just came back from one. And to your question, I think your question is great. It's do the new ones, like how are the new ones feeling about it when we arrive to a new market is My feel from the one that I just came back from that was brand new market was they feel almost um, you bring them that sense of belonging. One of the customers said to me, she said, I feel like I belong as part of ISOL. So I wrote it down and then I paused and said, but why do you feel that way? And she said, it's the way the people, the interactions that I have with people at ISOP that make me feel that way. And I ask her, you know, we always ask them, what concerns do you have? How can we help you get better? And she's like, you've done a lot of that for me. And Cindy, to be super honest too, we also have a lot of customers that go to our roadshows that are having challenges that maybe they're not getting to the right person or, you know, this is not doing what I thought it was going to do for me. And it is beautiful. Those are the ones that I'm also like so driven to be with because I'm like, okay, let's see, let's get this figure out. How are we going to figure it out for you? To the point that we actually bring in some of our prospects to the roadshows and people think we're absolutely crazy. (laughs) You made me think about something as you were talking. I think it's so valuable. I almost see this as a pay it forward in a way 
what you all are doing internal to your organization and then working closely with these customers and having touch points with the customers and really helping them to build out their experience for their employees. I really think about it as I pay it forward, right? Because I suspect that your customers are channeling some of what you all are modeling, right? And bringing that into their existing culture. Yes, you touch on one that is insane to us. We didn't expect that from our roaches, by the way. But we have had many, many customers that say, I need to like bottle this up and bring this culture into my company. And many of them will come to us and say, give me some feedback on how you started this or how you transform your brand. And I truly believe it. it is so simple the way anyone can start. It is so, so simple. Talk to your customers. That's where you can transform anything and everything that you're doing. Talk to your customers. They are the ones that you will provide value to with what you are giving them. If you don't talk to them and you start building brands and culture and all kinds of things, it will break because when it arrives to them, it's not providing them the value. In this case, what the roadshows did, it's not only were they getting value or we were, you know, at the time if they were not happy or they were not getting what they needed and we helped them with that. It was amplifying the value and it was amplifying that energy of the brand. And when we talk of the brand refresh, there was no need to make a full rebrand. Our brand's working super hard for us. It's actually really, really strong when it stands on its own, when you look at all our competitors. But there was that need to bring that centricity of the customers, what they've done for us and for our brand. So it is transformational if you talk to your customers. Yep. And honestly, you had mentioned, you know, three to four years ago, you weren't ready for this. I mean, now you've got the transformational language from your customers and their experiences. And the employees at iSolved are better capable and able to serve, you know, now than they probably were three years ago, three, four years ago because of that building, because you've built up from the platform that existed. Right. Literally and figuratively, I guess I could say about that, since we're talking technology. Three years ago, when we released our brand, it was like, wow, what a splash. Yeah. And it was like, oh my God, where have they been? They have arrived. So it was such a wow. But at the time, we come in and say, okay, so here are our people heroes. They love us. Well, have you talked to them? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like you have to take steps to get there. And I think you have to listen. And what we did last year was like, okay, they want more of this. I had someone ask me last week, they're like, so you're in all these new markets for the second half of the year. Do you still have people coming to the roadshows? Like, are they showing up? Like, how do you get people to show up? And I was explaining that to a complete different uh, company. And what I was telling them is like, 
a year ago, we had to use tactics on we got to get to our customers when we're inviting them. This year, it's our customers coming to us. Are you coming back to Dallas? Are you coming to Dallas? So it's easy for us this year, but they show up. My gosh, do they show up? I mean, we designed them to be small so that we can talk to them and spend time with them. I was just speaking in front of a couple of really large roadshows in the last three weeks, over a hundred uh, people attending. And I told them, and I said, you're making us <laughs> expand into these numbers because you want it so bad. And they became large, the attendance. So very, very crazy special. <laughs> so exciting. And I love that you've had a chance to be a part of this and at the helm of some of this as well. And as we wrap up, you know, through this whole conversation, we have talked about development. We have talked about listening to your customers. We have talked about branding versus rebranding versus refreshing. You know, we've had some really great topics that have come up. So I want us to end here with, because I know this was a big part of our last conversation and you and I had both kind of chimed in last time in thinking about employee culture and experience and how it's really everybody's job, right, to be a part of that. So specifically, now that you're in this new role, what do you think? And as others are listening, because I think last time you had said, well, this might not be popular opinion (laughs) that everybody's involved. But what do you think for the CMO in the role that you now occupy? What do you think that looks like when it comes to that employee culture and employee experience as we end up here? Yeah, so I think I'm still holding on tight to my unpopular (laughs) opinion. It's worked well. (laughs) But it's actually, I think, maybe becoming a little bit more popular. The role of the CMO is so critical within the company's culture. I think we spoke of this a year ago, but it is so critical that we don't create a brand for our customers and a brand for our employees. Our brand has to be the same. We have the same purpose statement because the whole reason for the company is to serve them. And when we separate them, it breaks. So that was part of the unpopular opinion because many companies will separate those two brands completely. In our case, I spoke of the relationship with Amy, our chief people officer last time, and I still work with her more than I ever even did before because our culture within it If we don't lead from within, if we don't take care of our employees here, if we don't transfer that energy of what we're doing and what we're about to do for our customers, it doesn't translate out. So I think the role of the CMO is absolutely critical on how you build culture and employee experience from the inside out for any company, no matter the industry. Absolutely. Well, and we're so glad that you've had the journey into that role and your lessons learned as you've moved through it and kind of adjusting to this new role and exciting days ahead and exciting days behind and exciting days yet to come, I am sure. Yes, yes. It's been an exciting ride. One that I I will never, never take for granted when I look back and when I look ahead. I am thankful to work with the for the company that I do, you know, I've been with ISO for so many years, which is very, very rare to have a CMO come in from 
the inside here and from being in the company for as many years as I have, but I, when you care about what you're doing so much and the people that you're doing it with and for, you know, there's that purpose. So I can go to bed and wake up the next day and, you know, feel good about it. So, and it's real and it's not, you know, me selling the role or selling the company, it's real. So when that feels good, you know, there's no reason not to do it. (laughs) That's right. Well, and again, it's just really cool to see the growth. And I, you know, we're speaking of your growth. We talked a little bit about Amberly's growth, but I suspect there's many others there that have had a pathway built for them as well. But just brings me back to earlier, you had mentioned you know, sometimes we get really caught up in the destination and forget to think about the journey. So what a journey you have been on. And thank you for um, sharing that with us again this year. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Cindy, for having me. I love, love, love talking to you. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, you all. Well, until next year, Lena. Um, (laughs) All right, you all. Just a couple of quick things. As I said at the top of the hour, uh, please send us an email podcasts at hci.org if you do have any suggestions for topics or recommendations for guests. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating. Your rating helps other professionals and talent-minded people discover our program. For Nine to Thrive HR, and a special thank you to Lena and all of us here at HCI, we appreciate you for tuning in, everyone. Make it a great day.